1: Welcome to the Man City Show, it's Nigel Rothband back in the chair, and uh, welcome to two regulars who were singled out for particular praise in Mike Long's recent and excellent review of the top four city podcasts, of which, of course, the Man City Show was one. They are A View From A Blue, Stephen Allwise. Good evening. And Alexandra Koloroth's ex, Lisa Rabinowitz. Good evening. And joining Stephen and Lisa is a man who was once described by his mother as my son, Dan, and I admire that sort of honesty welcome back after a very long layoff thank you very much dan montlake and good evening very nice to see you (laughs) so where have you been it's been ages
0: oh you know just keeping busy watching city um lots of time seeing lots of color of mistakes trying to get over it hiding coming back out again yeah mean, oh, yeah.
1: You're very active uh, on our WhatsApp group, it's fair to say, so it's nice to have you actually taking the trouble to get your ass into the studio and, and tell the listeners all that you believe in and, and love about uh, the Blues.
0: Well, I'm hoping to share the wealth tonight, so... We look forward to it enormously.
1: Uh, well, after a week of deep depression following the defeat to Everton, we produced arguably, I think, potentially our best 90 minutes of the season. Would would that be fair? Would you go along with that, Stephen? Yeah, I think there were lots of
2: caveats in that, arguably, I think, potentially, but I (laughs) I would agree. I I think it it was our best performance. We've done it in patches in games. I thought Arsenal, the second half, we were excellent. Chelsea, for the first hour, very good again. But I think this was the first time we've seen 90 minutes of of the type of attacking, intense, high-pressing football that, that I think we came to expect with Pep. And... I, th- I thought we were brilliant. Obviously, Fully deserved the win, didn't get that. But if we play like that,
1: it's just so exciting to watch as fans. When you saw the team selection, w- were you surprised? I- I'm-, I'm waiting to leave Lisa to the end here, Dan, because I know she'll have a view. But but when we first saw that team, it's fine sitting here now saying, yeah, it was arguably, potentially, whichever caveat you want, it was probably our best 90 minutes, because we've seen halves, haven't we, in, in games. But when you first saw that team selection, were you surprised? Were you disappointed?
0: I was very, very concerned, to say the least. With having Yaya Torre as our only holding midfield player, um, knowing that Yaya's legs at 32-33 would be a little bit difficult to start catching up the likes of uh, Ali in midfield. Uh, it was a little bit of a, a worry. But what I did like is actually playing um, De Bruyne deep as our quarterback, basically spraying the ball over the top, finding his, finding the people people may say that took the attacking uh, side of his game out of the equation but actually i think um potentially um in Gundawan's absence um he he was a good step in for us so yeah it was a bit of a worry but obviously played out quite nicely so mrs koloroff ex
1: mrs koloroff you weren't enamored particularly were you when you first saw that team selection you were not a happy bunny
3: i was hoping we'd keep it in single figures um, but it wasn't anything to do with color I was expecting to see Kolarov in the team. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that. The only thing I was happy about was Sané um, starting. And yeah, I was very, very concerned that we would have no ability to stop them controlling the game. I thought they would just come at us like they did at Whitehall Lane and we would crumble.
1: But we did. We managed it. What, what, what do you put that down to? Clearly, it wasn't color off. What, what was it? Because it, it, was it just the way you set us up as kind of you know a really attacking formation, and we, and we kind of basically their attacking full-backs, of course, that we expected were completely played out the game because we we were just on the attack from day one.
3: I I can't explain it because we've been set up like that before and not done it. So I, I think this is what Pep has been trying to achieve all season, as we've said, managed to do for half a game here or there, maybe a little bit longer in some matches. But we played very, very well. We didn't give them the ball. We kept possession. We didn't play loose passes. We we were just much better at everything he's been trying to achieve, which is why I think we managed to do it for 90 minutes. We didn't drop off. I mean, after 45 minutes, we hadn't scored a goal, and I was really also starting to panic because we'd played at such a high level of intensity. We hadn't seen that last for longer than 45 minutes before, and I was really concerned, but, you know.
1: But it wasn't just the intensity and the aggression that we've talked about that was been lacking, but we got the ball back as well. That that was the other thing that I I think it was more like... Both the system
2: and the mentality was maybe more like we'd seen at the start of the season when it was before Gundogan was fit. It was Fernandinho holding, Silva and De Bruyne a bit deep, a bit more central. And you had Sterling one wing, Nalito the other and Aguero. And obviously, Yaya's come in for Fernandinho, doesn't have the energy, doesn't have the legs, but can still pass a ball. Um, and Sané, I think, offers a bit more, well, offers a lot more in a kind of pacey, explosive threat than Nalito. But it, it meant that whereas the last couple of months, we might have been a bit predictable in the football, it's been a bit slow, one-paced, everyone wants it to feet. We had so much pace in attack, Sané over the top, Sterling over the top, Aguero's not slow. And it meant that every time De Bruyne or Silva had the ball, they had runners ahead of them. And, and we just looked threatening every time we
1: went forward. You like look at Sané?
0: Love Sane. Look, looks, looks awesome. Looks looks a great player. What I liked about the City team was we actually had the two wingers who had absolute pace on them, getting behind the back line time after time. Um, what I didn't like is I kept thinking to myself, right, they've not had a shot on target yet. Mm. Nothing nothing has happened. We've pushed them back. We've pushed them back. What happens? First first time the ball goes forward, Clichy should have come out to that ball. So obviously lost the yard of pace, didn't make it, cross comes in, Kolarov heads on for an assist, back post alley goal. Right, okay, let's let's try and get through to let's try and get see the match out, okay? Have a second chance. That's it, back of the net. Was it 16 shots? Uh, sorry, 24 shots, 16 goals I, against I us. To,
1: I was trying to be positive here. <laughs> yeah? I'm starting with all the positive. And then, and straight away, we're talking about two shots. and So so let's tackle it now then. Come on, let, let, let's let do it before we go back to the positive stuff. We, we've got a problem, haven't we, between the sticks now? This, this is now becoming a problem. It's not a joke anymore.
3: I'm going to start this with a caveat that I don't think, I think I've said this before, I don't think Bravo is the answer, but I don't think this is necessarily his fault. It's, the fact that we're allowing, the fact that we're allowing fewer chances to get through to him, doesn't mean that he should therefore save the ones that get through to him.
1: But he hasn't saved any, Lisa. But Come on, you're defending him too much here. Surely I'm
3: not at all. I don't think I am. I think that the defence is as much of a problem as he is, and. And I think that if we restrict a team to two chances, that it's nothing... And actually, I don't think that was anything to do with the defence. I think that was far more to do with the possession we had in front of the defence and the way we were attacking. It was just really bad luck that both chances went in. I don't think it's anything to do with the goalkeeper.
2: I, I agree entirely with that. Again, I don't think Bravo is good enough. And if I had the choice between Hart or Bravo, I'd go Hart. But we've got Bravo. And if you take the four goals against Everton... Um, and the two at Spurs, that's the last six shots on target have gone in, and the natural assumption is the keeper's at fault. He couldn't do anything about the two against Spurs, I think one of the four at Everton he was at fault. So, I mean, he's at fault for one of the last six, and yes, they've all been on target and they've all gone in, but I just think it's a bit simplistic to say, well, he doesn't save any shots because he's not had the chance and I don't think you can blame his positioning. Ali scored a header from two yards out, it was a great cross. I agree with Dan Cleish, he could have probably stopped the cross but once that ball's come in there's nothing anyone can do about it and the second it's right in the corner and I think Bravo is being used as a scapegoat when we have other bigger problems and I'd get rid of him in the summer but I don't think he should be on the receiving end of so much criticism.
1: It's a few weeks since you've been in. Here's your opportunity. We've talked about this a little bit. To be fair, I've been a huge defender of Bravo, just to be clear. I'm playing devil's advocate, as I do in this in this chair. Your view of Bravo?
0: I can't stand him. That's don't, his... don't, look, Dan, don't sit on the fence here. <laughs> Tell
1: us what you really think here. Come on.
0: I think the biggest problem with him is he's not a leader. Joe Hart was barking out all the time to his defence telling them where to be, where to position themselves. Corners came in. He was telling his defence what to do. All right, most of the time when it came in, he would punch the ball away. But he'd command his area a lot better than Bravo. Also, I sort of disagree with Stephen in in respects uh, in terms of the fact with Joe Hart there was an occasion where we won the league in 2014 against Everton where Joe Hart pulled off a wonder save I think it was Naismith went through one-on-one pulled off a cracking save now if you know there's a goalkeeper in goal and every time you take a shot there's a possibility of scoring what are you going to do you're going to take a shot right so for me it is not good enough I'd put probably even con- I'd put Willie in first. If not, I'd probably put Angus in, but I'd get rid of Bravo now. And the only reason I think he's there is basically because Pep has picked him as his person and I don't think he can be seen right, let, to go away let, from
2: I'm, I'm just going to play devil's back. advocate yeah, so that both of us can do it, Nigel. In, yeah. <laughs> in that Hart got dropped by Mancini for Pantelimon. He got dropped by uh, Pellegrini for Caballero <laughs> and he was probably on the verge of getting dropped by England after the Euros. I think he's a better shot stopper than Bravo. I don't think anyone would disagree. He's not perfect. And he's another one whose reputation has increased since he's gone. But he does pull out more of those. But Pep, and I've said this on here, I don't really want to linger on keepers for that much longer. Pep sees the role of a keeper differently to we do as fans. We want someone who stops the ball. He wants someone who starts attacks. And there's a fundamental difference for him.
1: Well, that's a nice... uh Nice segue for me to go back in, because let's talk about attacks, because we had so much possession, we had so many opportunities, and surely the problem, that changing my argument here, here for a second, it's not about Bravo, it's not about the defence. If we'd taken our chances and we had plenty, by half-time we should, we should have been three or four up, and, and why are we not converting those chances? What is it? What's your view, Dan?
0: Well, I think you should get in, in training. There should be, say, a hundred footballs placed on the spot, and Sterling should fire one after the other at the keeper and try to beat the keeper. Because although yes, it was obviously a foul and that was a red card and was a penalty offence. This many, many times where he's got him behind behind the back four of a certain team, and if he if he was shooting properly and had the confidence, maybe his own ability to score that a la Sane when he gets behind um, we probably would have been one or two up But
1: so what's happened let's just if I can just stop you for a second so what's happened to his why is he lacking confidence he's got the support of Pep he's, he's getting plenty of, of games under his belt he's playing in a fantastic side why is he lacking confidence
0: well, maybe shooting's just not his thing. He's maybe a, he's a
1: bloody centre forward. What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> shooting's not his Pe- thing. Pe- Pepsi's like a, a decorator
1: forward. saying, "So I'm not great at painting. Sorry, I'll do the wallpapering. But but this decorator other don't do painting. He's a footballer. He's a centre forward. What do you mean shooting's not his thing?
0: Have you seen a guy we've got? This guy called uh, Jesus Navas. He's a winger. I don't think he scored for, for over two years from a winger's position.
1: Scored after 13 seconds against Spurs, I seem to remember. It did what, what, what's, what's happened to, to Sterling? I, I, I agree. I, I don't think he's a
2: natural finisher. And he's, I think this season, coming into the season, I think it was a big year for him because he'd been a bit disappointing in his first year. And we all thought Pep might be the man to turn him round. And I think in open play, until he gets in front of goal, he's had an excellent season. He looks dangerous. He's He beats men. He's quick. He, he creates things. But then he panics and it's as if his decision-making is always, right, I'm not going to shoot first time. I'm going to try and cut back inside and put it onto my other foot. And he he doesn't actually have that many shots and he wastes a lot of opportunities. I think there are some players who are natural. Navas is not natural. Sterling, I don't think, is natural. Let's hope that
1: our other Jesus is. Uh, Sergio Aguero is natural. Uh, Has he gone off the boil a bit? Because he's not scored in a couple of games either.
3: Well, we'd better get rid of him then. Um,
1: he's just signed I, a new contract.
3: I'm not particularly worried about Sergio Aguero's form. I thought he played very well on Saturday. He um, contributed a lot. He worked really hard, which I think is what Pep's looking for. And I don't think Pep cares who scores the goals as long as they're going back of the net. And I don't care either. But the thing with Sterling, Stur- going back to Sterling, is that I don't understand what it is. It looks like he's lacking confidence, but he goes through these phases where he'll score... A few goals on the run, and then it'll just dry up again. And I think if he knows that's the case, he needs to learn to know when to pass the ball in the right to the right person. If he knows he's just going to fluff his lines.
1: But moving away from Sterling for a second, we're not putting it in the back of the net. We're not taking those no. chances. So, so leaving Sterling aside for a second, yeah. what, what's your assessment of the reason why we're not? putting our chances away. Plenty of possession. We've had 70% possession in many games and we go in at half-time and we know what's (laughs) going to happen. We haven't converted our chances and they get one shot on goal and we're one down and we're we're chasing the game again. What's your assessment of that?
3: Well, I have said that. I think that's been our biggest problem this season that we're not converting our chances or our possession into chances. And leaving Sterling aside but mentioning him, he's not the only one who is doing this thing where they seem to just want to walk the ball into the back of the net and they're all just, rather than taking, it's not just Sterling, they... Rather than take a shot, they seem to want to find the next great pass until they're right in front of the goalkeeper or it's gone behind because they hit it against the defender. I, I, I just think they're trying to be too intricate once the, you know the chance is falling to a person. They think, oh, it's not my chance. I need to pass it to someone else. I don't know what's happening there, but that's what it looks like. It's like passing a hot potato around, but... Um, I think when we start converting even a small percent of these chances, we are going to be incredibly difficult to beat.
1: Talking of sort of converting chances and, and thinking back into the positive, Gabriel, the second coming, the second Jesus, Gabriel Jesus, that is an exciting prospect. We'd heard so much about him. He's done fantastic things for Brazil. He's only young, 27 million, I think, a snip at 27 million. Uh, exciting to see. He nearly scored thrice in about three minutes. I'm looking at you, Dan. Okay. Welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. Um, and happy birthday to you, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday, Nigel. That's happy fr- birthday. That's, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> But I think uh, yeah. we brought in some biscuits, <laughs> we brought, we brought,
2: which, we brought. which is great news for us. Not so good for the listeners. <laughs> no, so I'm just telling the listeners we've got,
1: we've got cookies and we've got all sorts of things. Yeah, so we have brought in some some bickies, some goodies, which we will not probably not them. not do. Our, but it is my birthday. And yes. thank you very much. Yes.
0: No problem. Um, yeah, it's an exciting prospect. And what I like about him is he doesn't seem to have any any fear and he's quite cocky. Um, he thinks he's the best, one of the best players in Brazil, which always helps because apparently Coutinho never gets talked about in Brazil, and he does along with Neymar. Um, and what I liked about him is when he came on, he was fresh. He looked really up for it. He looked full of running, full of trickery. Um, a slight issue I've got with 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 our lineup at the moment is they look a little bit bored. Is the truth of it? I look at Aguero. And he looks a bit he looks a bit peed off at the moment, obviously flying kicks into people don't help, but I think he may have in my mind, he might have even lost a yard of pace. There was a, t- a chance where the ball was played over the top for him and literally could have ran through one-on-one. He seemed to pull back a little bit. That might be lack of confidence or maybe even a yard of pace, but he was pulled to the side slightly and he got his shot away, whereas he was through on goal. The old Aguero would have just taken that through and slotted it into the corner. So,
1: so Stephen, Dan Motley, Aguero's finished. He's a spent force. I Caveat. Is, <laughs> is, I think, um, what he said. I don't think he's he's firing on all
2: cylinders at the moment um but I'm, I'm not worried about him in any way um he'll be fine as, long as, Lisa. She's no, like as well. long as as just long as as long as we give him enough chances <laughs> he'll be fine um I was pleased just to see Jesus play i would never seen him play don't watch Palmeiras that often um so look, he looked bright being cynical any sub on their debut big money signing when they come on with 10 minutes to go should be full of energy um I'd be disappointed if they weren't, but he, he rose well for his header. Shame that his goal was ruled out, but I think he'll probably similar to what Pep's done with Sane, and he's played him a couple of games, put him on the bench for a couple, left him out. I guess we'll see him slowly eased in as he gets used to it.
1: Can I talk? Can I talk about the the, the penalty that wasn't? And, and there's been a lot of press. There's been a lot of comment. Good I mean, tackle, I, I thought. Well, to be fair to him on on the on the telly, he did say, "Look, you're going to do everything you can to try and put someone off." I, I, I respect him for that. You know, he didn't say no. Definitely not a foul. A mate of mine said he, he did. He did only shove him with one hand. Yeah, you know, if it'd been two hands, it might well have been a, a penalty. A lot of people have said Sterling should have gone down in that situation. So I, I'm just kind of. I think we all know every every newspaper, uh, every website said it should have been a penalty. We we know that and. Who knows why it wasn't given bloody referees? So, so Lisa, sh- let's just concentrate back on Sterling and say, in that situation, should he have gone down?
3: Unfortunately, I think the answer to that is yes. However, I'm not sure that it guarantees he would have been given a penalty. He goes down relatively frequently and doesn't often correct, like often under challenge, and still doesn't get the decision. I mean, to, I never see these things and I could see it. So, it was that blatant. And I, I, I just, I don't know, I, I understand where all, the, all the, the, you know, the forwards union comes out afterwards, led by Michael Owen. This is why we all go down, and this is why everyone complains about diving, but that's why, because if you don't, if you stay on your feet, you don't get a penalty.
1: But also, again, before I ask you, Dan, your view, the whole situation of his, he's still got the ball to his feet, he's been shoved. His instinct as a striker will be to take a shot and try and score. Your instinct isn't to go down, surely, and that's what he did.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're 100% correct on it. You know, if, if he was falling and he, he got a shot away and that went in, we'd all be sat here quite happy now. Um, I don't think he should go down. I think for the integrity of the game, there has to be some honesty in it. The fact we didn't get a penalty um, is obviously 100% incorrect. yo said he should have dived um, and he's got chastised for, for saying that. But I, I, I think a player should be honest and stay on his feet. Probably, if if Sterling had actually gone down, he would, I think did he already have a card for for simulation or early earlier on? Um, no, he didn't. Okay, so. Potentially, he could have even got a yellow card for simulation if the refs totally missed it. I think maybe the introduction of someone behind the goal so they can see these incidents a bit more, uh, an extra official or something. But we may, have, have, may we got, have helped out.
1: I hate this. We have that in Europe. You know, we got seven referees out there. I mean, we're going to have man-to-man marking soon. We're going to have twenty-two referees. I just um, would that really make a difference? Another these guys who stand behind the line with a, a stick in the hand. I'm really not sure what they do in these European games at all. I don't know.
2: Uh, it's such a hard one because I'm absolutely loath to say we should go to video replays when it's subjective. We'd all agree that was a penalty. There'll be one this weekend that is a bit more 50-50 and one of us will say penalty, the other will say not. And unless it's a has the ball crossed the line, and I think you could do it for offside because it's linear. It's either offside or it isn't. Um, I don't think you can bring in video technology, but I I equally think there's something wrong with having referees in their 40s who not, not that there's anything wrong with being in their 40s there's it, when there's so much at stake in these games and you, you've got athletes at the peak of their physical powers and it's being ref by one man who gets one angle and it's an impossible job it's happening so quickly you get one angle we've seen 10 replays in 10 seconds It's it's such a hard role and I don't think we should be encouraging Sterling to dive because he might get a penalty. Because, as Dan said, where's the honesty? Just because someone else might do it and they got a decision that weekend doesn't mean we should be bending the rules. It it's a really it's it's a hard one to answer. I admire him for staying on his feet. It just just work on his finishing. Can really.
1: we, before we take a quick break, I'm keen just to sort of just talk about this video replay stuff because I absolutely agree with you 100% because as we know, the law states if in the opinion of the referee. And on so many occasions, we'll watch Match of the Day or something and one of the pundits will say penalty, the others will not. And that's after five or six replays. Well, if they bring in the replays, we'll
2: go from... Debating the referees' decision to debating the fourth official's decision or whoever, and it's just going to be this never-ending circle.
1: Precisely. So, any, any of my two guests, do you, do either of you? Are you a fan? Do you want to put the argument for video replays in that situation, or are we all at I, one I would, voice? I, I
0: would say definitely not. It will slow the game down. The whole beauty of the game is the pace of it. Um, you don't want to you don't want to lose that instinctiveness the reason why I was saying to have extra officials was basically the referee wears an earpiece there's more eyes in the game they can make a more informed decision definitely don't want to be stopping the game that's my opinion no
3: I agree I just want to point out I'm not advocating diving and it wouldn't have been a dive he was pushed (laughs) so I just meant in that situation going him going down would have been a lot better for us Please don't anyone think I'm advocating diving? We
1: don't at all. We hear what you're saying. Listen, thanks for that. Let's take a quick break and we'll be straight back after this.
2: When it comes to a software vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call
1: 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Well, welcome back. We've done the Spurs game. Let's let's look forward a bit and let's start thinking about the transfer window. Um, We have had a question actually via Twitter, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at City Podcast, and uh, our good friend uh, Mike Long actually. Uh, has written and said, should we also look at replacing Ottomendi in the transfer window? Because we're talking about all four full-backs probably need to go. And I suppose his question is whether Ottomendi needs to, uh, we need a sort of centre-back as well replacement. Is that is that what we're looking for?
2: I presume that's aimed more at the summer transfer window rather than now. Um, I think it's a now. No, let's, no, we don't have enough defenders as it is. Let's not get rid of the one who plays every week. I think it's, all about, I cha- repla-
1: it's all about replacing him. Yeah. I, think,
2: right? I, I change my mind every week on Otamendi. There are some games, I'm thinking Burnley at home where we won 2-1, having been down to 10 men, where he is that no nonsense, hard, tough tackling centre back that we need and is good on the ball. And then the next week he'll spend most of the game on his bum because he just goes to ground every five seconds. And he seems to flip between the two. Um. But I, I think he's fine. I think we, the, the issue with our defence is, or the issue with company is for all his injuries, our defence is so flaky without him that every time we wait for him to come back because he walks into the team. And I think Stones, I'm not sure Pep's handles Stones brilliantly. I don't think playing him for one game and he's fine and then dropping him in favour of Kolorov is really the way to bring him on. Kolorov's not a centre-back. He doesn't seem to give adarabayo a game at all. And there's now rumours that he's off to Everton. Mm. Company you can't rely on. Otamendi's the one constant who plays the whole time, doesn't seem to get injured. Um, I'm not sure I'd get rid of him just
1: yet. But you're saying summer, you think that we're potentially, even now, you think we should persevere with Otamendi? I'd persevere. I don't think
2: he should be in our first team next season, but I think he's a very good
1: squad member. Where, where do you see the priorities at the back then? Are we, are we talking about two full backs in this window or do you think there's a limit to what we can do because it's all about availability, isn't it, in, in the January window and we'll have to wait till the summer?
0: Yeah, I mean, just just on the Otamendi subject, yeah, swapping. We've got a great player called uh, Mangala playing worked very well for Valencia at this moment in time. We could bring him back, <clears throat> but... in in serious it's it's good to have you back on the show Dan (laughs) thanks Nigel just for the humour
2: Lescott's just gone on a free to Sunderland Demichelis has just gone on a free let's bring them all back where's Bertie
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you've obviously got to look at the full backs I mean a prime example was Walker and Rose this weekend. Those two are two outstanding fullbacks. Even Pep said himself they've got pace, they've got strength, they put the right balls in. Um, those are the sort of players we need to be looking at in the summer. Pablo Mafio may come back in. Um, Angelino can't get a game, unfortunately. But I think, obviously, the, they're all over 30 years old. We've seen the best of them. They've been good players for us. But well, the time is in the summer to have a full rejig, maybe even a back five rechange.
1: In this transfer window, cause I think we all know that come the summer, we, we're going to have quite a big a number of wholesale changes. We we suspect as a war chest of 250 million quid we hear about. In terms of this transfer window, Lisa, do you see any activity at all? Or do you think we're just going to plough on with what we have got, recognizing we've got frailties at the back?
3: I, I think we're just going to plough on with what we've got. I can't see, I can't see that what's available is going to make it that much better. I mean, I, obviously, I think it, especially at fullback, it's terrible. But I just don't. There's no point in just bringing someone in for no for, for six months. Who I just don't see the point. I, I, it's bad, but it'll be fixed in the summer, hopefully. But I'm not sure about the Mafia and Angelino. He sent them out on loan and I don't know what that means. I don't know whether that means they're not good enough or he thinks they might become good enough. You're,
1: you're mates with the youth squad, aren't you, Stephen? You know them all. Not, you're, not you're those
2: aunt- two. Um, <laughs> I mean, Mafia was on loan at Girona last season as well, so I'm not sure it's a, an upgrade for him to go back there for half a year. Angelino can't even get a game for them. I watched a lot of him a couple of years ago and thought he was brilliant. I thought he'd be absolutely suited to Pep. Uh, uh, technically brilliant, on the ball, can put a cross in like no one else. But he may not have developed. He had a bit of time in New York and has done nothing since. Pep's seen all of these youngsters every day in training and hasn't given them a go. Um, I'd have thought there's a chance maybe for Aleish Garcia with all the injuries and suspensions we've got there. But again, he's not even on the bench now. It's... You just wonder whether we're actually a year or two away from seeing the current under-18s, who seem to be very good, just coming through.
1: All right, let's look forward and think about the actual title. And Dan, again, you've not been here for a few weeks, I'm going to start with you. We're lying fifth at the moment, we're 12 points off Chelsea. And realistically, where do you see us finishing? Presumably the Premier League title's gone, it's going elsewhere. Do you see us finishing in the top four, or is, or is even that at risk?
0: I think we'll finish between second and fourth this season. I think we've got an easy run of games now um, in terms before we start on the on the Liverpool Chelsea Arsenal cycle so I'm confident if we carry on our display from last week and use the uh, pushing uh system which we've been using um, well, especially against Tottenham because we are quite despondent previously against Everton we should be able to turn teams over like West Ham and Palace um, and we should be able to get the points and get back up there again.
1: There's another question here Lisa which I can maybe put to you um, and it's from uh, David Biggs which says what do we need to do or what do we need to change rather to finish in the top four and he goes on to say yes I know we've got to win every game but what do we got to change to make sure we do finish in the top four?
3: I think we have to change the inconsistency. I I think I agree with what Dan was saying. If we if we play like we did against Spurs consistently, then yes, I think we'll finish in the top 4. However, I have no evidence so far this season that the that the performance against Spurs is going to translate to the next performance we see and that's that's my concern. And that's why I keep saying I think there's every chance we'll finish outside the top four because I just don't know which Manchester City is going to turn up for the, mo- for the majority of the remainder of the season. And I also think that one of the things we will have to do to finish in the top four is beat Liverpool at home, beat Chelsea away. We're going to have to get some good results against the top sides, which we didn't do last season. We're starting to get a bit better this season.
1: Stephen, sticking with Dave's question, what needs to change
2: ah. I don't think a huge amount needs to change at all. If Obviously, it's an if, but if we'd have beaten Spurs, which we should have done and would do 19 times out of 20, we'd be level on points with Liverpool and Spurs and we'd all be looking at this differently. I think I think we'll be absolutely fine for top four. I think we will be more consistent. It's been frustrating the last couple of months, but I think Pep's now sticking more to a back four. I think if Sané can stay fit, he's a big player. Jesus will give us that boost going forward as well. I think we'll be absolutely fine.
1: We've got a bit of a chance to put a run together as well. Because you look at the next few fixtures? We know we've got the FA Cup away at Palace at the weekend. Uh, but then we've got, with no disrespect as they say to these teams, uh, we've got West Ham away, Swansea at home and Bournemouth away. And you'd like to think those three fixtures, Dan, will give us a chance at least to... Build a bit of confidence and go on a bit of a run, maybe, which might well set us up nicely for the second half of the season.
0: Absolutely, I mean, we should go into the next game full of confidence, although the dressing room will be down. But we should really annihilate those teams. We need to go out there in the first half an hour and put those chances away, get a couple of goals up, get get the positiveness uh, flowing again. And once we actually take, once we actually go into the following games, we should be taking at least the, the, We should be taking the full nine points from those games. Nine points.
3: Yeah, I think we're perfectly capable of doing that if we put our chances away, if we play with the same intensity. I think I don't think West Ham is necessarily a difficult place to go to at the moment because they're really struggling in their new ground. I think Bournemouth away won't be easy. I know they're in a bit of a dip at the moment, but I'm sure they'll come out of it just in time to play Manchester City. Um, and I'm sh- yes, we should be beating Swansea at home, but I'm sure Liverpool thought that too. So I'm not being pessimistic. I think we should beat all three of them. But we must go into those games knowing that we have to apply ourselves the same way we did against Spurs. We're not just going to turn up and win.
1: And Stephen, can we just focus on the Palace game uh, at the weekend, which is obviously a cup game. In terms of lineup, what what, what do you think he's going to do? Because I guess it's the only chance of them getting any silverware. You can't see them sort of changing too much. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, they will, th- I I think think will we put out a weakened side? I or we from going what to I remember,
2: start? Allardyce played a weakened team for them um, in their last round against Bolton. Um Pep seemed to play a strong team from what I remember. Mm. Um, he played Caballero, um, but apart from that, he might bring in, the full-backs might change, um, and Nalito maybe might get a game, but I don't think too much. I think he'll go full in.
1: OK, and let's have some predictions, which I know some of you like, some of you don't like. Uh, so let's stick with our next game, which is the Cup game at Palace uh, on Saturday afternoon. Standard three o'clock kick-off. Um, let's have some predictions then around the table. Start with you, Dan.
0: OK, 3-1, and only 3-1 because we'll concede in the game from their one chance they have.
1: Even though <laughs> will, even though it might be Willie between the posts.
2: Even though Willie will be between the posts. 3-1, exactly the same, I think we'll be... Comfortable. Are you
1: reading his notes now? Is that what
2: he yep. is? You're not I think Lisa might have also had a look at them as well.
1: <laughs> are you going 3 1 as well?
3: I am, yes. Oh we're God. all in. What so are you
1: going for Nigel? I'm going 3 <laughs> 1.
3: <laughs> Full house.
1: Full house. It's an absolute pleasure and a delight, as always, to have my three guests. Huge thank you to Stephen, Lisa, and Dan. This is Nigel rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is the Playback Media Production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.